the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's great to see you. Welcome to you on this beautiful uh, summer, first Sunday of summer. I think yesterday was the first day of summer. Welcome to all of you who are uh, tuning in online. So glad to see all of you. Uh, when I was a teenager, my first car was a 1981 white Pontiac Le Mans Safari station wagon. Uh, it, had, it had navy blue pleather seats that on a hot summer day would take the skin right off the back of your legs uh, if you were wearing shorts. It, it was the family car, but it sat in the side yard for three years waiting on me to get my license. It was a great car, a great first car for a number of reasons, uh, one of which was the humility that came with uh, having that car. Uh, but another one of the reasons uh, was that it provided my father with several opportunities to teach me how to charge a dead battery. Uh, and I can remember dad getting out the long uh, cords, the red and the black with the clamps and the positive and the negative and teaching me how to do that, where to, how to pop the hood and all that. But, um, but I remember most of all that he looked me right in the eye and he said, every time you do this, in your whole life, read the instructions. Do not wing this from memory, right? You have to get the order right or you're going to blow up the car and electrocute yourself. Now, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that would happen because every time I've ever done it since then, I've read the directions, I've gotten the order right, and I've charged the battery. You've got to get the order right, he said. Another quick uh, glimpse into my life, I uh, have I think I've told you before, I don't do a lot of the cooking at our house, but every Thanksgiving, I cook the Thanksgiving turkey. And, um, and I love doing that, and I've done it for a lot of years, and I think that I, if I did it from memory, I could probably get a bird that was pretty much all the way cooked, and there was something on the table that looked like gravy. But, um, but I, don't, I don't wing it from memory, right? I, uh, no matter how many times I have done it, I want it to be the best, and so I go back and I read the recipe because I want the best product, so i got to get the order right. I've got to get the order right to get the best result. So we've been looking at the Psalms the last few weeks because of the comfort that the Psalms give to us. And Psalm 86 tells us that in our relationship with God, we've got to get the order right. Got to get the order right. And why is that? Well, it's because we we so often get the order wrong, don't we? Uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes I like to treat God like He's a great big vending machine in the sky. Like, give me what I want when I want it. I want God to bless the decisions that I've already made. I want God to get me out of the messes that I've made, even though I got into the mess because I didn't listen to Him in the first place. And listen, God can. right? God can do the things we ask Him to do in prayer. God uh, can redeem our messes and get us out of a jam. God can even give us good things just to show off because He is a good and gracious God. But the essence of the fallenness of our fallen hearts is that we get the order wrong. We act as if God is subservient to us. 
And King David is the psalmist here, and he is taking great pains uh, to make sure to get the order right in his relationship with God. He's rehearsing the right order of things, affirming God's role and his role, affirming his, God's place and his place. You remember the old Saturday Night Live uh, character, Stuart Smalley, who would look into the mirror and say, you know, you're good enough, you're smart enough, and doggone it, people like you. Like, he's rehearsing to himself what he believes to be true and reminding himself. And David's sort of doing the same thing, same thing, thankfully not looking in the mirror at himself, but looking to the heavens and proclaiming to God, but drilling into his own heart and mind at the same time. You... Keep watch and save. I trust and obey. You are the one who is merciful. I am the one who cries out to you all the day long. Over and over through this psalm, David is rehearsing the right order of things. Maybe like if you find a Bible verse that you really like or speaks encouragement to you or an inspirational quote or something, you'll write it down and put it on your mirror or your dash board or something like that uh, so that you see it and remind yourself of what is true and that's kind of what David is doing here in fact um, every one of the verses in Psalm 86 is actually from another psalm somewhere else earlier in the Psalter it's kind of like David's greatest hits it's a mashup he's cut and paste out of his psalms in order to remind himself to get the order right You gladden the soul of your servant. I lift up my soul to you. In the day of my trouble, I'm the one calling on you. He's rehearsing the order of things. He wants to get the order right. Because I don't know if you know about David, he had a tendency not to get the order right. Right? Just like you and me. Right? The Bathsheba. And that was pretty much all about David of being an authority unto himself rather than submitting to God. The debacle, if you go further into his life, the debacle with his son Absalom, the census that resulted in the death of thousands. David was a thoughtful, profound follower of God, but he made some doozy mistakes. Doozies. And so surely he could see the tendency in his own life to get things out of order. And because he loves God, he's doing the work of a disciple. He is tromping a truth trail in his heart. He's reminding himself to get the order right. I will thank you, O Lord my God, with all my whole heart. I will glorify your name forever and not my own. Now for you and me, I mean, we might make some doozy mistakes. And the Christian life is not that we never step out of line, but but that we don't want to step out of line. Because we love God. And when we do step out of line, we repent and we turn back to God. And trust His grace. Trust His mercy. I think one of the things that shows us, uh, that this shows us, is that when things are in the right order with our relationship to God... Our relationship to God becomes much more about our relationship with God rather than checking off moral boxes. Because it's about God and what He has done rather than about us and what we have done. 
when my orientation to life is founded on the fact that God is God and I am not. When I know that God is on high and I am poor and needy. When God is the one who saves and I am the one who needs the saving, that creates this natural, inevitable humility. It's a much deeper and more lasting humility than a teenager in a station wagon. And you and I actually have something even more than what David had. You and I have the incarnate Son of God to look at taking our cross, taking our sin, our shame, our guilt, and giving us His life, His love, His joy. When you and I get the order right, we see God Almighty living, dying, and rising again for us. In the Beatitudes, Jesus calls this rightly ordered humility meekness. Meekness. Or as St. Paul says, we don't think of ourselves more highly than we ought. And this inevitable humility actually helps us to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. See, we're trusting Him in the midst of all that is going on around us rather than trusting our fears or trusting our anger. I don't know about you, but like when I get afraid, that seems like the most real voice. That's the voice I automatically act on. Or if when I get angry, I want to justify that and act, act in that anger. But when I get the order right, I'm listening to God, and that is more true than my fear or my anger. When we get the order right, we want more of Jesus because He first loved us. But that humility also helps me. So it helps me to love God. It also helps me to love my neighbor. And, and that's, I mean, loving my neighbor is not what comes naturally. Loving your neighbor, not what comes naturally. Because what not, comes naturally is I'm going to get as much as I can for myself, even at your expense while the getting's good. That's, we lift ourselves up. That's what comes naturally. But this humility is not natural. It's supernatural. It's a, it's a work of the Spirit of God. It comes from getting the order right. And, and it does, this humility does some wonderful and needed things in our world and in our lives. Humility before God gives us the freedom and the impetus to listen to others rather than to shout at them. Use a little more of that in our world today. Humility before God creates the space in our hearts to hear and appreciate another perspective and then to love the person who holds that perspective even if we don't end up holding that perspective. Humility before God gives us the freedom to recognize wrongs in our own life that we may never have seen before and to apologize, to change our ways rather than to dig in our heels or cover our tracks. Humility before God gives us the freedom to say earnestly, I accept your apology and I forgive you. Humility before God even gives us the freedom to forgive others when the one we're forgiving hasn't apologized. Because you alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. 
So getting the order right helps us to love God. And getting the order right helps us to love our neighbor. But getting the order right also prepares us to trust God the next time some big catastrophe happens in our lives. See what David says, about the fourth verse from the end in your, in your bulletin. It says, The arrogant rise up against me, O God. A band of violent men is seeking my life. They have not set you before their eyes. In other words, they have not gotten the order right. I mean, listen, that sounds like a pretty big deal. A band of violent men rising up against David, seeking his life. That's scary. But David's been training himself to humble himself before God, to get the order right. And as a result, what is his instinct? He goes right back to trusting that God's got the situation and God's got him. They've not set you before their eyes, but you, O Lord, are gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, full of kindness and truth. We are living in scary times. We need to get the order right. That will comfort us and let us know that God's got the situation. But i got to tell you, these aren't the last scary times we'll see, globally or personally. Kind of like whack-a-mole, isn't it? In a fallen world, we're going to fix coronavirus eventually. Something else is going to pop up. We're going to start putting our money where our mouth is about fixing systemic racism. We're going to find another way to create us versus them, that we live in a fallen world. And what are we going to do then? We're going to be ready. Because we're going to have trained ourselves to get the order right and be humble before God. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for you are my God. And I call upon you all the day long. Turn to me and have mercy upon me. Give your strength to your servant. So we're going to get the order right so that we can love God and love our neighbor and be ready when the next thing happens. Amen.